Welcome to The Last Trump, a radio show on end times prophecy. We encourage you to get your Bibles out and go to the scriptures with us as we look at the biblical truths found within the Bible that are pointing us to the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And now, live from the Revolution Studios on Grand Island, New York, here's your host, Mike Chory. selecting the songs Silent Night Holy Night was mentioned and it was said well we used that last year and the year before and so forth I said yes but it wouldn't be Christmas without Silent Night Holy Night Oh, silent night, holy night, well, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child. And mine. just sleep in heavenly peace. Well, sleep in heavenly peace. Oh, silent night. Hallelujah. 
Christ, the Savior, is born. Well, Christ, the Savior, is born. Thank God it's silent night, holy night. All is Heavenly, heavenly peace. Ah, oh, what a beautiful song on a beautiful night here, and you're listening to the Last Trump, and this is your host Mike Chory, and I wanna, I wanna agree with Brother Swagger. There, it wouldn't be Christmas without Silent Night, and tonight here on the Last Trump, we wanna wish you and your family a very merry Christmas. Uh, this is gonna be, I believe. The most wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Why do I say that? Because in just a few days after Christmas, we're going to be in the downtown uh, location of Erie, Pennsylvania. We're going to be there at the Warner Theater located at 811 State Street for Joshua Revolution 23. It's the 30th anniversary, if you can believe that. 30 years ago, we started the first Niagara Youth Conference in Niagara Falls, New York. And here we are 30 years later, and it's still going, and it is all due to the grace and the mercy of God. And this one event has reached over 100,000 young people and adults since 1993. And I believe this year is going to be the best of them all. And uh, we have a tremendous lineup of speakers and musicians that are coming. The theme of this year's event is Revive Us Again, taking, taken right from Psalms 85, verse 6, and speakers such as Dave Reaver, who I think is one of the most tremendous youth evangelists that I have ever heard in my days, and also chaplain of the University of Alabama, Jeremiah Castile is going to be with us, David Borg, Torrance Nash, Pam Stenzel, and there's there's a few I can't name for specific reasons. They're basically a surprise. But one I can name uh, tonight, and he's going to be our guest here on The Last Trump for this first half hour, is Bob Cornell from Murfreesboro, 
Tennessee, and he's on the line with us uh, in just a few moments. Bob Cornell has been with us since 2007, and he is the longest uh, speaker consecutively in the history of the Joshua Revolution events. And tonight, Bob's joining us uh, live here on The Last Trump. Bob, welcome to The Last Trump. Hey, Mike, good to hear from you, and uh, uh, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to a wonderful program. Well, I want to first say, Bob, we are so excited about you coming this year. I was just telling the listeners, uh, it's been, what is it, 16 years? Could it be that long that you have been coming every year at Christmas time for the Joshua Revolution event uh, outside of our sabbatical years? But, uh, Brother Bob, tell everybody, why is it that you keep coming back year after year? Well, I, I started coming in 2007. That's when you first invited me. And, um, you know, Mike, there, there was such a, uh, a powerful moving of the Holy Spirit. And there was, it was evident that the fruit of the gospel was so clear. I mean, people, young people and older were getting saved. Um, you could tell the Lord was dealing with them. Uh, it was just a, just fruitful ministry. And so, uh, and I was just blown away at at what God was doing. And so that really, for me, that's the draw every year. I mean, of course, along with uh, our friendship, you and myself, um, I'm very thankful for that. But really, it, it's just the fruit of the gospel and seeing God work in the lives of young people and older people as well, but mainly young people. Uh, that's that's what keeps drawing me back. Bob, when you think back of the years that you've been with us, both in uh, Niagara Falls and now in Erie, Pennsylvania, what are some of the things that stand out for you? What what in your mind do you remember from these Christmas youth and family events? I know there's uh, a lot of people out there listening tonight that have been there, but there are a lot that have never been. But what are some of the highlights for you for um, the Joshua Revolution event? Well, I think of, when I think of highlights like, like that, I think of um, some speakers that you've had through the years. For example, like Nikki Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, and I forget, I think 2008 or nine, whenever that was. Um, and when he spoke, there was, uh, wow, it was just absolutely amazing. So many young people gave their life to Christ that night. So that really, really sticks out to me. Um, there was another moment, Mike, where you had called all of the ministers and you invited young people as well, everyone up, but primarily you initiated it with the ministers to come forward. And we just laid on our face at the altar at the uh, right in front of the stage there and just um, weeping before the Lord and, and repenting and, and just asking God for mercy. So that's one thing that really sticks out to me as well. That, that particular event. Um, and then, um, boy, there's so many, there's so many really that stick out to me. Yeah, But I, I think one of the thing also that just sticks out to me, it's not really an event. It's just, it's just seeing, seeing young people, uh, happy and then seeing God minister to them. And that, that to me is a blessing that I, that, that, uh, I, I, I can't, that, that comes to my mind. Just seeing, seeing 
the countenance of young people. And sometimes they can come in and they're, they're, you can tell they got a lot of, there's stuff going on in their life and they're maybe difficult, but seeing even their countenance change throughout the conference, that that's something that sticks out to me as well. And you know, Bob, my memory is going back to 2000, uh, I believe it was 2012. And the theme of the, Niagara event that year was the last Trump, which is now the title of this radio broadcast, this weekly broadcast that we have on end times. And I remember me and you being down there with all of the adults, young people down at Niagara Falls for the closing prayer meeting when we were all holding, uh, you know, what was trumpets, really the long tubular, uh, uh, really air horns. But we, we were all blasting those trumpets together, uh, signifying that we believe that we're living in a time that Jesus is coming very soon. And here we are uh, now looking at it 12 years or 11 years later. And what has taken place from that moment in 2012 to today has been, uh, I mean, there is so much happening that we could look at and say, wow, Bible prophecy is shaping up right before our eyes. And, you know, you and I have had the opportunity through our friendship to go to Israel. Is it now three times or I lose track? Have we been roommates three, three different times in Israel, right? Three times. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. Yeah. And so this last trip, we come home and uh, there we are uh, right after we come home a week later is the attack by Hamas and, and the war and everything that is happening from your perspective, as you look at this war in Israel, um, help our listeners understand how does that tie into Bible prophecy? What, what should we be looking for uh, next uh, on what's happening in the world, particularly with the nation of Israel? Well, one of the things, of course, the main thing that every believer should be looking for is just the soon return of Jesus, like the rapture of the church could take place at any moment. So, and uh, with Israel, with Israel though, uh, what is, I think, what is something that's important to look at is the support of nations for Israel. And uh, of course, Israel, since that war that broke out in October 7th, we've seen a rise of anti-Semitism that I've never, ever imagined that I would ever see, uh, especially in America. I, I never imagined I would see such a rise of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel, which I believe, biblically, if you're anti-Israel and anti-Semitic, then it's really it's anti-God, anti-Christ, mm-hmm. uh, because they're God's chosen people that God chose through whom the Messiah, the Savior, would come. Amen. And there's so many other, there's promises in God's word that have not happened yet for the nation of Israel. The biggest one being them as a nation uh, receiving or acknowledging and, and believing that Jesus Christ truly is their Messiah and their yes. Savior. So, but I, I, I take a look at this war and I think of where, where is the support for Israel? And, uh, because one of the things I think we see in prophecy in the Bible is that those um, uh, the God God takes it very seriously 
those nations that support Israel and those nations that do not or are or are either indifferent or they are against Israel. God takes that very, very seriously. And so I, I look at that from that perspective and uh, in in America of course we're we we're supporting Israel and I think I'm very thankful for that. But what what I see is the potential for this country to at some point in the future stop supporting Israel. And it would put Israel in a place where uh, I don't say they're on their own because God's God, I think is helping them. Um, but uh, the, the lack of support, if America was to withdraw their our support from Israel, I, I think it would be a devastating blow on this country, because we would experience, I believe, the judgment of God for that. Uh, but also, it would be a devastating blow to Israel, and I think it would put them more in a position where they would be willing and more wanting to res- to uh, accept the Antichrist when the Antichrist comes on the scene. Mm. And so that you know that that day is coming when, when Israel is in a place of desperation. The Antichrist is going to come on the scene and be basically the one with all the answers, mm-hmm. and uh, and they will accept him. And he, now he's a he will they won't understand this at this time, but he will be a, a counterfeit Messiah that they will accept as the Messiah, uh, the Antichrist. And so, but I think again when I when I'm when I'm looking at this war, I'm thinking okay where where's the support for Israel? Where is this putting, is this putting Israel in a place where they are going to be more open to receiving the Antichrist whenever he comes in the scene? We're talking to Bob Cornell, um, our guest speaker, coming up at the Joshua Revolution 23. Revive us again. It's December 27th through the 29th. You can get your free tickets tonight by going to joshuarevolution.org. Brother Bob, you're going to be speaking the last night of the event, and you have the theme of the event. Can you give us a little sneak preview into the message that uh, God's laid on your heart for that uh, Friday night, December 29th? It's entitled, Revive Us Again, taken from Psalm 85, verse 6. Well, that, that, uh, that message, that service that I'll be ministering on, it will be about revival. And it will be about the theme of the conference, Revival So Lord. And a major, major part of revival is the moving of the Holy Spirit and Amen. the believer receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that will really be my focus on that service as we close out the conference. It will be about revival and it will be about believers receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in order for us to do what God's called us to do, and also in order for us just to be what God's called us to be, which is really the greatest thing. But it will be about revival and about the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Brother Bob, I I am so excited for that night. You know, uh, the young people, the adults, people that are going to be coming are going to be coming from all different denominations. And I think one of the things that have been unique of the Josh Revolution events is it's a full gospel event. What I mean by that is we preach the cross, we preach the Holy Spirit, 
We pray for the sick. We believe uh, the Lord is still filling believers with the Holy Spirit like he did in the book of Acts. And that uh, at the event is always somewhat of a challenge because you have people coming from all different denominations and they've been taught different things. But over the years, I've seen the Lord has really used you in a great way to be able to share this message of being filled with the Holy Spirit in a way that is uh, simple, understandable, and really without controversy, which is very difficult to do, as you know, but the Lord has given you that ability. How important is it, no matter what church, no matter what denomination you're from, how important is it, this message of being empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, particularly in the world we're living in right now? Well, what is maybe one of the most important, not maybe, it is one of the most important things for the believer to understand is that being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, number one, is a Bible thing. It's a Bible thing. Number two, it has nothing to do with denominations or what label one puts upon themselves. Because when, you know, when God looks at us, he does, he's not looking at the label that we put upon ourselves, whether that's you know Pentecostal or Presbyterian or Baptist or Charismatic. All those labels don't exist in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so important for the believer to understand that, that, re- that receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not, uh, it, it's not a believer, you know, like joining a church or, or, or being called, you know, uh, having a certain label put upon them. Like now, you know, I, I was Baptist, but now I'm Pentecostal. It, that is irrelevant. What is important is that the Bible says that we are to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever label you have upon yourself, if you're a, if someone is a child of God, and which means that they've been redeemed, they're born again, and they believe, and they believe that God uh, wants to fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit, then they are, they're a candidate to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, just like they were in the book of Acts. And so, being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, it crosses all denominational boundaries. It crosses all uh, all racial boundaries, all social boundaries, all financial boundaries. It, it it crosses all of those boundaries, and it's basically God and the and the individual believer just one on one, and that individual believer saying, "Lord, would you fill me with the power of Your Holy Spirit." That's it right there. Right. And, and I, I feel God's presence Praise even after God. saying it. That's it right there. It's just the believer in God saying, God, would you fill me with the power of your spirit? And I'm telling you, he has, he's had, he's done, he's filled millions, and he will fill more, many, many more. And I believe very strongly he's going to do that at this coming conference. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that night is on the 29th is going to be just an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And for those that are listening tonight, uh, the worship, I should point out, is going to be tremendous. It's going to be led by uh, the Joshua Revolution Band from from Israel, Joshua Aaron. And we're really exciting, excited to welcome Asbury University, the students that were a part of that revival 
last February, and they are coming. They are so excited, Bob, to be a part of this, so humbled, and it's just going to be a tremendous time. Of course, Martha Borg is going to be singing, and I know uh, you and Brother Dave go way back. Uh, I should point out to all our listeners that you were a professor at uh, JSM, J- JSBC, Jimmy Swagger Bible College, before you moved with your wife and family to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to begin a ministry there, and it's uh, called Covenant Church. Am I right? Yes, that's right. Yep. And so, you know, there are very few people that leave a worldwide ministry to go plant a brand new church, and you have done that. And I believe that has given you such a unique um, viewpoint of what it's like to be in a big ministry and now starting a brand new ministry. And so for pastors that are out there that are thinking about possibly coming to Joshua Revolution in Erie, Pennsylvania, what would be your challenge to that local pastor? He might be pastoring a small church, medium size, but what would be uh, your encouragement to them to bring their congregations? My encouragement to pastors is pastors do not pass this moment up. Do not pass up this conference. Don't pass it up. Uh, God's going to move and, and there's going to be messages that you need to hear personally as a pastor and that the people in your congregation that they're going to need to hear from you and and bring your young people do again do not pass this up because it's going to be such an event that god is really going to change lives and minister to people and encourage people and just do everything that god does and so my main encouragement to pastors is do not pass it up this this is something that you really want to be a part of that you need to be a part of Praise God. And it's coming December 27th through the 29th at the Warner Theater in the, and I should say the beautiful Warner Theater, newly renovated $40 million has been placed in this building to, uh, that was built in 1931. It is vintage and it is uh, just ideal for this youth and family event. And I don't know, Bob, many events like this that you can walk into a, a facility like the Warner Theater for three days and three nights and it all be completely free of charge. And so we want to encourage you, uh, get your tickets tonight. Go to joshuarevolution.org. When you order your tickets, they will put them on Will Call where you can literally pick up your tickets at the window when you come up to the Warner. It's three days, three nights. All the information is there on our website. Go to joshuarevolution.org. And hotel rates at $112 at the beautiful Courtyard Marriott right on Lake Area. It's still available all the way to Christmas Eve. You can book your rooms. Come with your family. Come with your church. This is not just for young people. This is for all ages. Kindergarten through fifth grade are going to have their own uh, meetings separate from the Warner Theater in the same building. They'll be in the re- beautiful renovated rehearsal hall. So bring your young ones to be a part of hearing the gospel message while you are in the main theater with the worship and the preaching like Brother Bob is going to bring on the 29th. Bob, we just have a minute left. I want to say to you and your family, Merry Christmas, and I cannot wait to see you in just about a week or so. Merry Christmas as well to you and your family, Mike, and the whole church, Cross River Tabernacle, and all those that are uh, listening right now, Merry Christmas to you as well. 
Thank you, Bob, for being our guest tonight. I know it's a busy season, and uh, we're all praying for you, and we will see you soon. Amen. Thank you. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin.
Oh, what a song. Grace Brumley. Oh, holy night. And I'll tell you tonight, I can feel it. Can you feel it? I can feel it through the radio. The Lord is moving. And this is the season, friend. There is nothing like Christmas. Since I was a little boy, and I'm sure you could say the same, there is something special about Christmas. You know, they've stolen a lot of things in our country. The Grinch has stolen a lot of things. I'm talking about the devil now. But he has not been able to steal the spirit of Christmas. It's still there. You can feel it when you go into the malls, when you hear they're playing our songs. You can feel it uh, just in your car driving down the street. And when the sun is setting every day over the last couple weeks, I can just feel the Holy Spirit. This is just a beautiful time of, of the year. And if you don't know Jesus, we want to give you the opportunity to know him. He is the reason for the season. It's not about all these other things. I mean, the gifts, the presents, you know, all of that is wonderful. And I, and I'm, I love that. Our tree will have gifts underneath it. Our, our, our houses are decorated. I was out there today putting more lights on the house. All of that and, and much, much more is beautiful and wonderful. But understand, Christmas is all about the Christ child that was born in a lowly manger. He was born and laid in a lowly manger. And tonight, I, I've got to tell you this. When I was listening to Grace sing that song, I felt the Holy Spirit want to change the focus tonight of the last trump. We're going to postpone uh, the Revelation teaching on end times for a week or two. I want to take you to the, the story of Christmas and coming up at 930 when we cross over to Crossside Radio tonight, Matt Piney is going to be my guest and we're going to be studying a message from the manger to the cross. And this story of Christmas, you cannot not talk about the cross. This is why Jesus came into the world. He came into the world for sinners such as we to die on that cruel cross. And I want to take you tonight to this message here found in Luke chapter two, verse one. And the Bible says it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus and that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius, the governor of Syria. Now, when you see verses like this, it is due to the fact that God is trying to give us clues to the timing of the birth of Jesus Christ. And I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble tonight, but Jesus Christ was not born in December. We celebrate it in December. But he was born most likely in late September or early October. And I know that may be shocking to some of you. And you may even ask the question, why did God not correct that? Why, why do we not celebrate Christmas in September? Or like I said, early October. I want to challenge you on something and you can do your own personal study. But the Lord, he celebrates life at conception, not at birth. 
when you were conceived in your mother's womb, that is when life began. That is why the sin of abortion is so terrible in the eyes of God. In fact, it says in Proverbs, the seven things that God hates, one of them is the shedding of innocent blood. It is called an abomination to God. And your life, my life, did not begin when I was born. It began when I was conceived in my mother's womb. And when you go back to the calendar of the Hebrews in 4 BC, they believe it was 4 BC approximately. This is the year that they believe the Christ child was born. And I went into the calendar in 4 BC and I looked for the different festivals. Now you may, you may believe differently. You may believe that Jesus was born on a random day. I don't believe that. We have taught this on the last Trump before. We believe the seven feasts that were given to Moses are all prophetic in nature. We talk about the feast of Passover when the blood was placed on the doorpost by the Israelites and that night God delivered over three million Jews from Egyptian bondage. It was on the 14th day of the month of Nisan, which is Jewish Passover. And many hundreds of years later, Jesus would die on the cross on that same day. That was not an accident, friend. It was ordained by God. And then his body, his sinless body, was laid into a tomb on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. There was no leaven. Leaven is, speaks of sin. There was no sin in that, the body of Christ. He was perfect for 33 and a half years. He never sinned. No, no sin of omission, no sin of commission, no sin of the heart, no wrong motive, no wrong action. He was perfect. And then three days after he was crucified, on the Feast of first fruits, Jesus came up out of the tomb. He was the first fruits of the feast. And he was a typifying that one day there will be a resurrection of the body of Christ where we will receive our glorified body. But Jesus was the first one that rose from the dead on the feast of first fruits. Fifty days later, God sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and the church began. Do you see the pattern here? All of these Jewish festivals that were given many years before on Mount Sinai to Moses were like a, it was like God had a time, uh, like he had a calendar, a daytimer, and he had all these events marked on these appointed times, these festivals, these holy convocations unto the Lord. And then we have three more feasts. We have the Feast of trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. We believe one of these years, and we don't know the year, but when the rapture of the church happens, I personally believe it will be on the Jewish Feast of Trumpets. That's why every fall, when that feast comes around, we are on high alert for the coming of Messiah for his bride. And then 10 days later, the Feast of Atonement, the 
most holiest day of the year for the Jewish people. We were in Israel for Yom Kippur, the Feast of Atonement, just back in back in late September, early October. And that feast, everything stops in Israel. It's one day of fasting and 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 they don't eat or drink anything for a 25-hour period of time and all business shuts down and Israel, the Jewish uh, ones that are committed to Jehovah will go to the synagogues and worship the Lord. And then the last feast is the Feast of Tabernacles. And there are seven that were given to Moses, but we must include the eighth one that was many years in the future, about 145 years before Christ came. We had the feast, the eighth one that was added, the Feast of Hanukkah which is called the Festival of Lights. And it was the miracle of the multiplication of the oil in the temple when the Jews retook the temple after it had been uh, desecrated. And Jesus Christ in John chapter 10, he actually celebrated Hanukkah. He went into the temple on the Feast of Lights, on the Feast of Hanukkah, and he declared himself, him and the Father are one. And so when I went back in the calendar, and and you go back, a pregnancy is 40 weeks or 280 days. That's how they measure what the time of the birth, a date that possibly for that mother who's pregnant, that that will be the day that her baby will be born. 280 days or 40 weeks. And when you go to the feast of atonement, the holiest day of the year in 4 BC. It landed on October the 1st. And I counted back 40 weeks or 280 days right in to 5 BC. And guess what month it came to? The month of December. And it landed on December 25th. But even more amazing than that, well, maybe that's pretty amazing, right? But on, in that particular calendar year, in 5 BC, you can look it up, Hanukkah, which falls on Kislev 25, there are eight days of Hanukkah, but it fell that year, the first day of Hanukkah, on December 25th, they totally lined up. What am I trying to say? I believe it is very possible that what we are celebrating this December 25th and every year, the Christmas celebration is not the birth of Christ. It's not that even though that is what we're celebrating, but the date very well could be the actual conception of when the Holy Spirit came over Mary and conceived the the Holy Child Jesus into the womb of this virgin named Mary, this teenage girl. Think of this. This could be the most amazing revelation when we get to heaven that we were celebrating all of these many years, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, the birth of Christ. And like I said, we should celebrate that. Jesus was born in a lowly manger. It's just an amazing story. But God, in his infinite knowledge and wisdom, put it together that we were actually, we have been actually celebrating 
the day of the Messiah's conception. Why? Because God celebrates life at conception. That's when our life really begins. And now in Luke chapter 2, verse 3, it says, And all went to be taxed, everyone into their own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house, it, he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Now, I want to say this. God had prophesied in his word through the prophet Micah that the Christ child would be born in Bethlehem. We were in Bethlehem just a couple months ago, and we went to the shepherd's hills where the angel appeared and spoke to the lowly shepherds. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. That night in Bethlehem is the night of all nights. I mean, that night shined as that star appeared and, and, the, and the lowly shepherds, when they heard the news and saw the heavenly host, angels celebrating this great joy that had come to all the people, that in the city of David, Bethlehem, O little town of Bethlehem, the Savior had been born. But what's so interesting about this story, and there are so many things that we could point to tonight that are revelatory. I've already given you one possibility of the conception of Christ. But think about this. David was born in Bethlehem. He was of the same town, and and Jesus would come through his lineage. He would be the son of David, and he would be born in the same little town of Bethlehem. But yet there was a problem. Mary and Joseph, they were living in Nazareth. How were they going to get to Bethlehem? One way, God would see fit that in those days, a decree would go out from Caesar Augustus that all the world, that means in that area of the world, should be taxed. Do you know God can use the government to work his prophecy? He can use secular men. He can use unsaved men, as he used Caesar here, to fulfill Bible prophecy. And so they had to go back to their hometown of Joseph, which was Bethlehem. And he was going to have to travel with his teenage pregnant wife across Israel. From Nazareth to Bethlehem is about 105 miles. And they were going to be on foot, maybe on donkey, that 
Mary was placed on that donkey because she was full with child. But it was going to be a long journey. There was no planes. There were no buses. There were no cars. There were no trains. Joseph was going to go by foot. So let me just say this to you tonight. We're in Buffalo, New York. Our ministry, Joshua Revolution, is on Grand Island. And you say, why are you going to Erie, Pennsylvania? Why are you going there? Because God sent us there, friend. We have found a city that is ready for revival. But when you look at this event that's coming up, Joshua Revolution 23, don't say, oh, it's too far away. Be careful now. Because it is almost the exact same distance that Nazareth was to Bethlehem. That is the same distance, almost exactly, from Grand Island or Buffalo to Erie, Pennsylvania. I take that route. I know it. I drive there many different times. I've been driving there a lot recently, getting ready for this event. But I want to say this to you tonight. If Joseph can take his pregnant wife, Mary, 105 miles approximately, so that Bible prophecy can be fulfilled, and he didn't even understand that. He just knew he had to go home because of the tax of Caesar. But if they can go that far on foot, or as I said, on donkey, you certainly can get in your car with your wife, your children, or your church friends and drive down Interstate 90 and come, listen, come to the Warner Theater expecting revival, expecting a move of God, because that's exactly what I believe is going to happen. I believe this is going to be life-changing for you, for your family, for your church. Don't miss it. I love what Bob Cornell said earlier. Don't miss it, Pastor. Don't let this... This event just go by and say, oh, it's just another event. No, I don't believe this is just another event. I believe this is going to be an event where the fire is going to fall, the wind is going to blow, and the glory of God is going to be revealed. I believe people are going to be saved. They're going to be healed. They're going to be delivered. They're going to be uh, changed. And why do I believe that? Because we're going to preach the message of the cross. And when you're preaching the right message and you're believing in the full power of the Holy Spirit and you've got people praying and fasting as they are, something is about ready to happen. Listen, the enemy has come in like a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord is lifting up a standard against it. And this story tonight that we're trying to bring to you, how God fulfilled Bible prophecy is the Christ child came across Israel. And where was he going to be born? Was he going to be born in a hotel room? No. The Bible says there was no room for him in the inn. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is going to be born in the most humblest of ways. I mean, I want to read this to you. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. You know what a manger is? It is a feeding place for animals. And I, and I, I remember I used to struggle with that. I'm like, how could the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords 
be born in a place like that. But I want you to know that typifies the sinful heart. Your heart, my heart without Christ is simply a feeding place for the animal nature of sin. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one, that our hearts are desperately wicked. Friend, when Jesus was born in that dirty, stinky feeding place for animals, it was a picture for the world that Jesus wasn't coming into this world to just be born physically. He wanted to be born, and he wants to be born tonight In the sinful heart of everyone listening, Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless Jesus is born inside of your heart, you're not making heaven. You're you're, going to spend an eternity in hell forever and ever if Jesus Christ is not born in your sinful heart. You say, why would God ever come into a sinful heart like mine? Because he loves you. He came to die on that cross to be born in you. And tonight, we're going to pick this up with Matt Piney on the second hour. But I want to give you an opportunity tonight. I'm just sensing right now somebody needs to find Jesus. Somebody needs to ask him to come into your heart tonight and be born again. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer, and I want you to pray it right now with me all over Buffalo, Western New York, Southern Ontario, wherever you may be. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. But wherever you are, if you can bow your head, close your eyes, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and that's the name that will save you tonight. Lord, I'm a sinner. Tell him right now, I'm a sinner, and I can't save myself. Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done and the way I've lived. But tonight I want to repent and I want to ask Jesus Christ to be born inside of my sinful heart. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you shed your blood. I believe you died and three days later you rose from the dead. And I believe you are the savior of the world. And tonight I make you the savior of my life. Come into my heart right now and be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Friend, if you just prayed that prayer, Jesus just came into your heart. And there are operators waiting right now. We want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some materials that will help you in your walk with God. Here's the number to call on this week before Christmas. Tell them Christmas just came in your heart. Call the number 716-229-8000-716-229-8000 up in Canada, 1-888-444-2920. That's 888-444-2920. Operators are waiting. Call now. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Crosside Radio. You have been listening to The Last Trump, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If The Last Trump has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony on how the program has helped you. If you would like to support The Last Trump financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, P.O. Box 923, Grand Island, New York, 14072, or go to our website at joshuarevolution.org. We thank you for your help and prayers, and remember to tune in next week at 8.30 p.m. for The Last Trump, a study on end times prophecy.